Welcome to Unboard, unplugged, unscripted board leadership. A conversation between boardroom leaders that covers leadership, priorities, and influence. Now, here's Brian Hayward. I'm delighted to be with Mark Hamill today. So uh, welcome, Mark, and, and thanks for taking the time to be on uh, on the podcast. Huge pleasure, Brian. Huge pleasure. And I'm sure that F-bomb experience will uh, probably not be maintained today, but uh, let's see how we go. <laughs> Okay. Well, I like starting these things off. It's sort of like if, if this was a softball baseball game, I'd give you a lob pitch just to sort of see where this all goes. But, um, you know, my analogy is, is if we met in the lobby of, an, of a building and we were going up the elevator together and it's sort of coincidentally, we're going to the same floor. Well, well we're here today in this elevator of a life. But what, what brought you to this place? So, like, how did you get to be connected to me from wherever you want to start the clock yeah. on the beginning of time? Look, I, I'll, I'll give a really, really kind of quick three-minute intro, Brian. Sure. Look, it's yeah. such a pleasure to be here and, and share the platform with you. Look, my background, Irish, based in London, uh, fell into executive search 25 years ago, built a search firm. That was my qualifying business for YPO. Um Thanks to Forum, had a or led a management buyout of that business, and then had an exit to private equity all over like a nine-year period. So from hired gun to owner to exited entrepreneur, my passion had always been people and stories and coffees and conversations. So that power of connection that you mentioned earlier, I just love like putting people together. Oh, you should chat to Brian, or you should connect with Mark, or I think you guys have a great conversation. I just love doing that. Um. And that became a little bit the origin story for this virtual, that virtual advisory board uh, concept, which is really about helping kind of people on that board journey and helping entrepreneurs and family businesses identify who could be next leaders on their advisory boards. Um, that's it. So uh, the virtual advisory board, let's go, go on to that. Is, was, was there a lightning bolt to here? Is it a pint of Murphy's or something that you're going like, oh, yeah, 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 I've got to yeah. do this. So, yeah, look, it, it was started. It was a COVID baby, Brian. I mean, we were all okay. early, early March um, 2020 or middle of March 2020, just uh, stuck behind a screen. And um, a lot of YPOers and friends, entrepreneurs started to reach out and saying, look, Mark, we don't know what's going on, but I could probably do with uh, some guidance or some advice on, you know, US or digitalization or <laughs> I need some fundraising um, I need to be able to pivot my business and I need to talk to somebody who's done it before. So a lot of that scary loneliness of being an owner, entrepreneur through COVID led into the creation of virtual advisory board. So it was really through friends, entrepreneurs, CEOs reaching out saying, look, I need help. Like I'm shit scared. I don't know what to do. Or I see there's an amazing opportunity, but I don't know how to get there. Um, was it, was it and, COVID that they were shit scared about or what, you know, what, was there a theme? No, nah, I think it was more the impact of COVID, like what was going on, like what the impact is going to be on their business. Um, for some, they saw a tremendous opportunity. For others, it was an opportunity to pivot. And for others, it was a holy shit moment. You know, what do I need to do to kind of save my ass or protect the business? So kind of those three um those three experiences were all leading into, look, I'd love to have somebody I could talk to. Not anybody yeah. who's experienced a global pandemic before, but who can help yeah. me on this pain point or this opportunity direction. Um, so that was the origin story. Like, how could we connect these kind of, you know, lonely entrepreneurs with one or two people who understood or had delivered or had achieved upon what they're looking for? Um, 
And then it kind of always just came back, Brian, to that same point on, look, it's it's 80% likely your first or next advisory board role or sorry, board role in general will be through your network or networks network. So, you know, why not build a curated global network? Seeing as we're all stuck behind a screen and now everything's going virtual, why not create a, a global curated network um, of trusted referenced people who can add value on different verticals, different markets, different areas of transformation, different board experience, uh, but deep expertise. So, so you just hit one of my tripwires that, that I, I get asked a fair amount um, and, and I'm interested in your, your perspective on it. Uh, virtual versus in-person. And especially because of what you're doing, you're, you're global. So yeah. by default, you know, are we, are we kind of almost by default going into a world where interaction is going to be 80, 90% virtual? Uh, is there a role for in-person? Oh, look, nothing beats in person. Like in person is the best. Yeah. Like it's by far the, you know, to press the flesh, to, you know, shake hands, look in the eye like that. That's just incredible to really be present with other people. Um, so even though we had the first like 18 months as a virtual community um, since kind of mid 2021, we started in person meetings, Dubai, New York, Chicago, Singapore, Paris, London. So we've been rolling out all these in-person meetings because people are hungry to kind of meet again. Or they certainly were kind of post, uh, post-COVID. post Everybody was like crazy to start meeting up. Um, look, what we're seeing at the moment in the advisory board space, you know, in-person where possible, but maybe out of four meetings a year, look, one or two virtual and and at least two uh, in-person. Yeah. So I think it it's very hard, particularly if you're kind of building up that advisory board and there's no kind of previous relationship, it's very hard to beat in person. It just adds significant value. And look, people get fed up being stuck behind a screen as well. But having said that, it's an incredible, the technology is incredible to be able to build those double connections. So look, you sitting where you are, sitting on an advisory board of an entrepreneur in Singapore or in Sydney, you know, if you're able to wake up early and that chemistry and connections there, you know, why not? You know, you can really help them significantly. So it has kind of changed the game in terms of, you know, being much more geographically agnostic when identifying yeah. like best fit people. Um, but look, I think there has do, to be some balance see, there. Do you see, the, you know, obviously more business, but do you see boards probably in the future becoming more international? Like, do I have a, do I have a chance sitting in the middle of Canada to be on a board in Dubai or something? Or like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think mm-hmm. that, um, geographical look geographical experience can be one yeah. of the reasons why you want somebody on that board so look if we're you know a, a middle eastern business a dubai based business looking to enter canada then you definitely want to have somebody who understands the canadian marketplace on your advisory board so i think um and now it's it's easy through technology yeah you can tap yeah. into calls you know make a trip over once a year get to know the family or the business or the entrepreneur and and really start adding value on on that piece that you were there yeah, to, I was on a board I was in a board in South Africa for about five years and I, it was a fascinating experience I, I I think part of the issue for the for the in-person part of it is is just simply the exhaustion of travel um, yeah. and and so the virtual stuff to me seems to be work more for tactical sort of, you know, decision-making strategy or, 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 you know, selecting sort of leadership teams to me is still, I'm mystified by it, but. Oh yeah. Anyway. But look, I mean, like, like you said, the, the time and the expense of like, you know, going halfway around the world, it's, it's a considerable kind of yeah 
um, cost, energy uh, impact. You know, I, I think it, it makes sense. I think there is now we have an opportunity to find the balance. But I think, you know, back to your point on, on you sitting in the middle of Canada, being able to add value on advisory boards across the world, again, with your kind of industry expertise, Brian, and, and geographical marketplace expertise, you know, absolutely. I think it is then just taking that story, letting people know, hey, I'm here. This is what I do. And uh, like I said, there's no reasons why those boards can't be uh, or those businesses can't be originated in in. <laughs> So many different places, yeah. So you've been in this game for a while, the the, the leadership talent acquisition side of things. Uh, reflecting on that, has what if the competencies or the characteristics of leadership, it, it, are people looking for different things now than they were 10, 20 years ago uh, or pre-COVID even to get sort of binary about it? Yeah, but pro- probably like two, two ways to answer that question. One from the, the person point of view, I think, look, you know, yeah. we've all kind of either lost hair or gone gray. So look, my network has got kind of older with me. Um, so I think, you know, certainly my, a lot of my immediate network, YPOers, EOers, like uh, entrepreneurs are at a stage where they're looking beyond their current executive role and looking into kind of the board space and trying to, you know, figure out what that kind of next career looks like. And that could be, you know, not in a full-time executive role, but building out your board portfolio. So um, when you're, when you're doing recruiting work now for boards, uh, or you are you approached, what's yeah. the hottest competency? People are saying, Oh, Mark, can you help me? I need somebody that fill in the blank. Yeah. So we, we do a lot, Brian, in, in kind of consumer and health space. So I think that digitalization is a huge is a huge theme. Yeah. So marketplace, digitalization, e-commerce, um, marketing. Um, and then typically you get a lot around kind of fundraising, general strategy, um, international market access, business development, like clearly door opening, credibility. So they would probably be the kind of six or seven kind of key topics that are just very, very recurring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this, you know, it used to be sort of more uh, for executive search, but, but also yeah. for, I think for boards it was more like we have a skills matrix. We need somebody with an accounting designation. We need somebody that's got, uh, you know, training or is an IT expert, et cetera. My, my sense of it is, is that there's, it's, there's more of a, uh, there's a couple of people I work with, um, Mary Cameron, who's uh, chairing the Habitat for Humanities International Board. Her and a colleague, Darren Rawson, wrote uh, an inter- interesting paper on mindset, and, yep. and, and, and the soft side of business, um, that, that the sort of specific hardcore competencies are, are have, they're still important, but their oh, relative position, is that something yep. that you can, you sign up for and, and say, yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, definitely. Look, I think that's a great, uh, that's a great like analogy and a great story. Like, I think that's super relevant. Um, look, I think we would have, you know, lots of requests from, entrepreneurs, Brian, and many would be looking for somebody who's got kind of scale and exit experience. So kind of sector agnostic, you know, but it's actually that experience of scaling and exiting and that entrepreneur wanting that person on their advisory board to keep them honest and focused on, you know, how to scale and and how to exit. You know, what does that look like? Is that a sell to strategic? Is it a sell to private equity? What does that exit look like? So that know-how 
um, and having that on your advisory board for an entrepreneur is is also very commonly requested. So again, away from kind of sector or vertical experience, more into this is kind of the transition or my vision or my goal for the business. And I want you to help me get there. And look, it all, I mean, chemistry is huge, Brian. I mean, I think the soft skills, the chemistry, um, I mean, more important than prior board experience, you know, it's the, what is the core experience somebody's got and what is the chemistry they'll have with that, that family or that entrepreneur, you know, prior board experience can help, but it's the other two would rank higher on, on a logical fit. And that's why I'm I'm sort of connecting two pieces because the you know if we actually go to more hybrid board meetings the, the ability to sort of get that chemistry piece or nail it is uh, it just by virtue of the technology diminishes so, yeah um, it does and look I think it, even look both, both both coming from a YPO perspective I mean I think that use of of a forum type relationship growth um, being vulnerable sharing. Uh, can really help those new relationships kind of go deep, go fast, and go more impactful, better. Right. So the, you know, there's there's wars in the world, and and one of them, you know, the, the obvious one, but but war for talent is it? You know, you I think if my memory is right, when I was doing sort of my homework before we have this conversation, you've lived in is it seven countries in ten years or ten countries in seven years? Is yeah, I don't know, I, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. Is is it the same everywhere? The war for quote unquote war for talent is it, is it is there sort of is there a topography to it? And you know, we yeah. tend to think of you know business globally as sort of being sort of uniform Coca Cola, McDonald's, but there are regional aspects to it. What do you do you detect in in doing search work or connecting people that there's that there's a sort of hills and valleys in that? Yeah, look, I think the the market experience is always like critical. If it's a Middle Eastern, if it's a Dubai-based family business or consumer business or a German-based entrepreneur, that particular market experience is going to be like hugely relevant. So I think less kind of differences. I think there is more of a homogenized approach to the, the types of talent, particularly those coming out of corporate. So if you're a CMO in Coca-Cola in in Peru or in uh, Pennsylvania or whatever, look, there's certain kind of um, shared experience and um, expertise that that both profiles will have. Um, so I think the world is getting smaller in that context. A huge amount more mobility. People with kind of you know multi-market experiences. Those blends of I had a a, a person uh, two days ago, um, based in Brazil, have. Brazilian half Japanese, you know, incredible kind of blends of experience working in Asia, working in Latin America. So there are kind of u- more unique combinations out there. And then there's classic expat cycles of people who've been on, he said, you know, uh, over a 30 year career, you know, 10 different countries, three years average per country. And you've seen the world in, in you know, incredible kind of depth. And um, so I, I think uh, the market experience is important. Um an ability to put that into a global perspective. So if that entrepreneur or family business is looking for somebody with, or sorry, their challenge is international growth, then somebody who's had an international career can really just add a, a shitload of value, you know? Um, so it, it, the market experience becomes more requested rather than, um, you know, I mean, the, the international piece, yeah, I, I think it's hugely important. I think a lot of, 
a lot of the entrepreneurs and families we work with, you know, are great in their home market. You know, they kind of figured that out or they're great in their state. Yeah. In the U S uh, it's how to go beyond that is maybe their challenge uh, more often than not. So therefore needing, you know, different experiences, different people on their, on their advisory board. What have you found, Brian? I was going to ask you just on the, on all the, like, I love the book as well. I mean, it's a, thanks for sharing it a couple of months ago. It arrived on my, my doorstep in London with the mug, which I still <laughs> drink out of, you know, every day. Um, but just share a little bit, Brian, what you're seeing kind of in the chair roles. I mean, I think it's a, like that, that's a, there's shifts going on there that are particularly interesting. Yeah, well, I I didn't want to think of my book as a doorstop, but <laughs> so, but but appreciate it. No, I, I guess I, <laughs> I I I'm I think what you know that was implicitly in some of the questions I was asking. I, I'm finding that uh, people are are less interested in the the core competency. Hard sort of have you taken this kind of training, like accounting, as an example. Um, and and having i think the more that i'm in have been involved in i've probably been in i i think when i wrote the book i've been in 500 board meetings and now it's like 600 but i'm finding that where i spend my time thinking about boards or things that i want to do and or or potential candidates or looking at people to join my board i'm looking more at what the i'll use your word chemistry uh, we've all been, and I'll use one another word. <laughs> we've all been in a shit show uh, in boards. I, I, I think people have this uh, feeling sometimes they're going to join a board. It's going to be an, uh, an uplifting and, and inspiring uh, kind of experience. And, and there's that curve of deflation where there's a boring meeting or there's worse yet is, is where um so I don't, I'm in this meeting and I'm really sort of uh, irritated or, or worse with the person sitting across the table from me. And I want to actually, there's a, a saying something along the lines that uh, stress is, um, you know, that what you uh, encounter when you're actually, your, your mind is overriding your body's desire to uh, strangle the living shit out of somebody sitting across the table. From <laughs> I love it. There's a coffee cup on that, and I bought yeah, a yeah, coffee yeah. cup for somebody. That, That's great. But um, yeah, I think the personality piece is is huge because I think if people are operating as a team. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, you, you talk about in some of the work that you do is trust and, and trust is to me is, is central. And I think it's a huge, the huge difference, Brian, between, I know you touch upon it, like, you know, board of directors versus advisory board. I mean, look, there's no fiduciary responsibility. You're there for guidance, for advice, for impact, uh, on the advisory board. If, if the impact isn't there, you know, it's a nice kind of look, thanks a million, but I think we're done here. Like there's no, you know, we're all grown ups in the room. There's no massive legacy impact on how do I dismiss my advisory board member? I mean, you have a rolling contract. There's a notice period there. It could be a month. It could be three months, whatever you guys have built in. But if it stops, if they stop adding value, it's just, look, thanks a lot. You've taken me so far on the voyage, you know, <laughs> I need somebody else or, it's just not the chemistry's not there. It's not kind of working. It's, there's no no real issue with it. So it's such a pure relationship that needs to add value consistently. And if not, you know, just shake hands and, and say thanks. Right. So uh, a lot of the people, I think, and even the people that are they're listening to this podcast, they're going like, 
they want, they may have retired. They may have uh, been kind of asked to retire because they were a partner in an accounting firm or a law firm. Uh, and I, I, I see a lot of those kind of folks sort of dis, decide that they're going to spill into uh, shift gears and, and join a board, whether it's a fiduciary board or an advisory yeah. board. Um, and the, and the question they says, how do I get on? A, and, and you're one of the preeminent people, I would say in the world um, that probably gets asked that question more than anybody else. So That's good. how do you get on a board if you were retired or yeah. were asked to retire as a partner, yeah. or you just say, you know what? I'm bored. I yeah. need to do no, something. That, yeah, absolutely. What, or, or, what's, or your, what's your concise sort of, here's what you do. I, look, it may be two things. The one I had, I had an 85 year old, uh, board member like on a on a call like just friday just gone and still active still super engaged absolute kind of thought leader in their like niche you know like holy shit like that that guy's incredible like what what incredible experience they have um and still still looking for their next board role you know to add in one more into their portfolio so look i, I think it you know age is is like nothing to do with it at all i mean you can you know we place i like that idea because i'm there. getting older <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we place people on boards in their in their 30s you know there's like examples of i mean particularly if it's like new technology led that skill set you know exists only in a certain demographic so if you want to embrace it you know that talent is somewhere else on the spectrum and um, Look, I think it still comes down to that single stat, Brian, on, look, it's 80% likely your first or next board role will come through your network or network's network. And that's all the data, all the analysis shows asking, you know, thousands of board members how you got your first role or your last role. It's through your network or somebody knows somebody in your network and you got recommended. I mean, that's exactly how it works. 20% maybe goes through search firms, a lot of the corporate boards. Public list companies will go through uh, an Aegon Zander or a Corn Ferry or Hydrogen Struggles or a, a dedicated board search firm. Um, but it's 80% through your network or your network's network. So the, the, the challenge is, you know, how do you let your network know? Yeah. So how are you kind of communicating? Well, there's, to your there's, let's take, yeah, take one step back from that. Yep. Like, a lot of people, they have a very local network or very important. Yep. And how, how, how do you get a net? How do you, I mean, not that everybody needs to have the network that Mark Hamill has. Yeah. Cause that, that takes some doing, <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, how, if you're somebody says it's, it's, it's Jane Smith or yeah. Johnny Jones. Uh, and he says, how, yeah, how, how do I, how do I develop my network? Mark, help well, I, I think you just got to start with, uh, you know, getting out the old business cards, you know, and looking at, you know, the old Rolodex. If you're active on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's fantastic. But previously, we all had business card holders and Rolodexes. And I think great place to start. Look, you know, look at former bosses, former colleagues, you know, your boss's boss, presidents of businesses that you were in, you know, 20 years ago. Go back and Put a, just put a list together, maybe a hundred people. You know, if you can get up to a hundred, that's a great start of people who are now kind of active in and around the boardroom. And it's just a question of and kind of like cold out. call them. It's like, so I've got my yeah. list. Yeah. Look, people I'm, love I'm doing me. a cake. I'm doing a cake recipe here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get two yeah. eggs. So I got my list. So yeah, you got, you got your hundred on the list, you know, that they're filtered, that these are people who are kind of influencers or decision makers in the boardroom. That's kind of your, your kind of your requirement that your criteria that, you know, are they at a decision-making or influence decision in, in boards? Yeah. And if they are, then great. If they have the title, then fantastic. Um, and it's just a question of reaching out. Yeah. It can be a, an email, a call, 
look, people genuinely like to help. And if there's a previous relationship there or a common company that you worked for or a, a key person in common, people genuinely like to help. And if they don't, then, you know, just scrub them off the list. But that'll be the minority. Yeah, most people will get back. Most people will engage. And most people will try to help. And I think it's just letting them know you should work on, look, what are your core, what's your core expertise? Look, what's my unique leadership experiences? So maybe it's scaling a business. Maybe it's, you know, under looking under the bonnet and, and finance. Maybe it's operations. Maybe it's digitalization. Maybe it's international growth. So whatever it is, you know, have it, you know, concise into two or three bullet points. And that's what you want to kind of impart when you have these conversations with people. So every person that you talk to from that hundred, that they walk away from that conversation, that coffee or that email exchange going, ah, yeah, Brian, like he does these three things. And then they go back into their world. They have a conversation with somebody next week who needs somebody with two of those experience. They're like, holy shit, like I met that guy, like this guy called me out of the blue. What was his name? Brian, Brian. Oh yeah, let me connect you with Brian because he's <laughs> got two of those three things. That's it. I mean, that's your magic formula. So how can that hundred, you know, every one of those hundred will know another 10 people sitting on boards. That's a thousand. So now you're suddenly in kind of an impactful kind of play. So your message has to be clear. Your list needs to be relevant. And then you just need to start talking, you know, and, and that's, yeah. you know, your secret sauce. And then things like having a nice board bio and LinkedIn profile that people can go to and go, oh, this name Brian was mentioned. Let me go check out his profile. Oh, shit. He's written a book on boards. Okay. He must have like some kind of experience. I'm definitely going to reach out. Or, or it's a doorstopper. <laughs> or it's a doorstopper. <laughs> you know, I want that. There are some, the there's some governance books that are doorstoppers. I, yeah. I got a few of them. Yeah. They're like, my God, this is so boring. You know, so I, so I, it, that it, was part of what I try to do is not, is make sure that it was interesting and up that people actually read it not like because i think that there's a huge number of people that have stephen hawking's book and they haven't gotten past oh, page yeah, four yeah, <laughs> so, definitely 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 but so are I, you still I, building I, your list of oh your, always always look my mine's like are you going to slow down because i you know i i asked you before because it's just an interesting thing to me because you're such a, a dynamo uh, like kind of maybe Australians, it might be either or a Tasmanian devil of sorts in, in the governance leadership uh, executive in the world. Um, but you had, you had a little bit of a, a, a bump in the road with your health. Yeah. Look, I had a, you know, a cancer scare six months ago. Look, touch wood. I've had two checkups since, but I had a, you know, nice like scar, nice melanoma removal, uh, some scary, you know, 10 days kind of waiting for biopsy and results and, you know, some kind of life-changing kind of thoughts um, and super grateful back on track. Yeah. So it's been a, uh, a scary moments, but uh, look, and again, being able to reach out to people and say, fuck me, I'm like shit scared. Like, does anybody have any shared experience? What's going on? And you know, you get, I get a lot of comfort in that. So look for me, it's. Um, there, there's some people though, that would kind of, might I mean hypothetically? Because if you know, I'm, I'm, if you you know, sort of a, an avatar of sorts or or a personality, they'd just go like you know, oh, I would think Mark's probably going to slow down after that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It was it was like funny and tragic at the same time. So my dad died at the same time, uh, Brian, that I was in hospital. Um, he was back in Ireland and he passed incredibly fast, very sudden, and the emotional kind of scars around like dealing with my dad's like passing have been like harder than, you know, my physical kind of dealing with my recovery. So I think the physical recovery and the stress around that, but the emotional kind of recovery has been mm -hmm. harder. 
Um, and again, being able to talk to his forum and, and, you know, people I know and respect about dealing with a parent's death have been incredibly like uh, helpful in, in that regard. So that, that probably is still kind of, you know, working through that. It's only six, seven months now. And like I said, both were within days of each other. So it was a, you know, kind of a double whammy. But the, you know, the the drive to kind of, you know, hopefully try to get, like, I, I'm not someone who wakes up at four in the morning or five in the morning and hits the gym. I mean, that's not me. Like, I, you know, wake up slowly, need my coffee, you know, look at email, look at WhatsApp, you know, check LinkedIn and kind of slowly kind of ease into the day. But like, I'll still try to talk to 20 CEOs a day, board leaders, advisors. Ooh. And I, I, I love it. That's my, you know, my, my passion is curating people and stories. I mean, that's what I love doing and um, why people do things, um, what they're looking to do next. Like I, I love being able to talk to people. Yeah. And look where it, where possible face to face, but um, but without technology, I'd, I'd, I'd struggle to be able to talk to that many people for sure. Yeah. For, well, you'd go to conference. That's probably what people used oh, to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm finding that there's less, you know, there's sort of less interest in conferences to some degree these days, but maybe that's just me. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in some of the stuff that you've written, uh, you credit your wife a lot with life balance, uh, straight arrow, tells me that, you know, like here's the facts sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. How, how's she, what, what, I mean, not necessarily exact, but how is she handling? Is she this kind of period in your life where you're, you're still building the list Look, she, at the same she, time she, you're dealing with some of the, the you know, the, yeah. the turbulence okay. health and family Look, events. We're, we're made from very different material and, and our thought processes are like, you know, chalk and cheese. I mean, you know, so different. Chalk and cheese. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the wrong analogy, but like so different in terms of, you know, the thinking style. Um, I, I think that's what makes it work. Like that honesty uh, together and that approach is, uh, you know, no, no bullshit. Like just not, not able to get away with it. So it's like, uh, I learned that pretty, pretty fast. Um, so that makes a difference, you know, having somebody there who'll, tell you the brutal, honest, like truth and, you know, where you're doing well and, and when you're not and, you know, ideas and stuff, how to, how to improve. So that, that mirror is, uh, you know, like the YPO kind of forum style, Joe Harry window, like I have it every day. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. I, I, I heartily agree because uh, <laughs> there's, there's times in my life when I'm kind of adrift. Yeah, I just uh, I actually put a post on LinkedIn where recently in last week or so where I just had to take a break, but it was partly I, I just didn't feel I was on my game. And so you, I think there's a lot of times where where is is people that have oh, some, not my persona is not like yours, but it's you know you've got to actually step back and sort of be self aware and, yeah. and know where you're adding adding value. No, look, I, I would, I would be very grateful, Brian. I have a few people who will like call me straight away, like call me out on it straight away, saying, "Look, that's you're just not being your authentic self," or like, "What's what's up? Like, there's something holding you back." That's like, you know, grateful. It's a pain in the ass. I don't always want to deal with it, but it's it's great to know it's there. Yeah. Yep, and those are the kind of people that you you know, five years go by and 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 you meet them again, and it's like the five years didn't even yeah. happen because it just yeah. you just keep rolling through 
So totally. virtual virtual advisory board. It's 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 what a couple of years old. Call it twenty twenty one. Yeah, three um, years. We just had our third anniversary in June. Yeah. So be a visionary. What what's what's this look like in uh, in another three years? It's, I mean, we're pretty clear on it, Brian. It'll be a 2,000 member. We're now 667 members globally. It'll be 2,000 and then that's it. I mean, it's going to be kind of curated with a max capacity, 2,000 members globally. Um, You know, we want to have that members get to know each other better and better ways to share those stories. So for me, it's really creating that network's network like we spoke about. Look, everybody has their network. We want to be that 2,000 person strong network's network. I don't want it to be faceless. I don't want it to be algorithmically run and just a database. For me, it's people and stories. So it's a way to kind of, you know, prevent my memory forgetting things and have other people get to know and share other people's stories. So that cross-pollination of that member-to-member exchange and the size of the community times the new member that then becomes their network's network. So how can that kind of their story get out there in the community? So we don't do outbound stuff, Brian. It's all kind of member referral. That's been our growth, our single kind of growth strategy. Um, We onboard, you know, on average 20 members a month. They're all kind of referred in by other members. We have a membership committee to make sure the quality kind of stays. We reject members. Um, Not everybody gets in and look, we have clear kind of membership kind of criteria and, Look, that keeps the the quality there. And it's all about trying to add value. And like I said, in in the initial kind of the last year, we placed like 10% of our community directly into paid for board roles. And another 27% got paid for board roles through um, member referrals. Yeah, so through knowing other members, another member saying, hey, Brian, I saw you on this call. I think your experience is amazing. Can I connect you with, you know, a friend of mine who needs somebody with that experience? So that is the secret sauce. And that is trying to, by capping the membership and really trying to find better ways to get those stories shared within the community, that then becomes the accelerator of, of relevant opportunities for people in the community. Yeah. And my, my sense of it is, is that you're onto something here and it kind of links back to my observation or, or my personal sort of bias that what people on boards are looking for now is, is less the hard competency, like my, sorry, sorry, accountants, I'm beating you up, but the, the accounting designation and, and looking for the, you know, the sort of chemistry to, again, to go back to one of the words you used. Um, and you really, you know, I, I working with, with uh, Mary, who I mentioned and Darren, you know, they have a process of board design even where yep. and looking at mindsets and competencies as opposed to specific, you know, degrees or, or, or designations. Um, and I think, you know, what, when I say you're onto something, I think by virtue of, of the way that you're curating the membership um, you're, you're actually going in a direction where uh, that you're actually getting uh, the mindsets and competencies together. And, and that's, I think that's from, from my perspective, building a great board comes from building that team, building those, that mindset and that attitude and much less, uh, uh, you know, getting sort of a mosaic of different kind of designations and professional expertise. Um, yeah. Cause that, that's, it's, it's getting the team to be a team. There's no yeah. I in team. That's so. it. That's it. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's, that's absolutely it, Brian. And look, we're, 
you know, we're member led. So a lot of the best initiatives come out of members in the community. You know, we don't pretend to have all the answers. We're a constant work in progress and we always will be, you know, and that's kind of the beauty of it that, you know, people with great ideas who want to contribute can absolutely get involved and take leadership and initiative. So um, that's what we want. Well, on that note, um, as I said, this is unscripted and un, un, and definitely uncensored. So um, <laughs> it was the S word we've, twice. We've gone into it. the four letter words a few times, but yeah. um, <laughs> we probably, if we had a pint of Murphy's, we'd have a few more. <laughs> so, well, we but, look forward uh, to that. We look forward to that. Absolutely. So, uh, Mark, um, much appreciated and look forward to the next time on a, on a virtual or over Pint of Murphy's. Uh, but Absolutely. thanks for being on. They're, on they're always better in real life. They're always better in real life. <laughs> I would agree with that. So thanks a lot. Brian, and, God uh, bless. Such a pleasure. And we'll catch yeah. up very soon. Thanks again, yeah. Brian. Thank you. Unplugged, unscripted board leadership. This is Unboard.